Have you heard the phrase, better hot than not, or when in doubt, burn it out? On today's episode, we're talking about the phenomenon called dose creep with digital radiography. What is it, what causes it, and how do we avoid it in order to maintain the principles of Alara? This week I have something special for you. I'd like you to head over to the website at 5minuteradiography.com and subscribe to my mailing list. There's a button there that just says mailing list. Click that and fill in a couple fields. And in return, I'm going to send you a free downloadable PDF that is editable for you to use for the homework assignment I'm going to give you towards the end of the episode. So again, that's 5minuteradiography.com. Sign up for the mailing list, and you'll receive a link to that form via email as soon as you subscribe. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this episode. One definition I've read for dose creep is unnoticed variations in diagnostic imaging exposures. While I agree that this encompasses part of what we're referring to, it's missing some important details. Yes, dose creep includes unnoticed variation in exposures, but I tend to think it's specifically referring to an increase in radiation exposure over a long period of time. I was recently consulted by a radiology department to help in the beginning stages of creating some quality control benchmarks. If you're going to improve on performance, you must first understand what's being done incorrectly. So I recommended they provide some data. From the PAC system, they collected information on repeat rates and the reasons for those repeats, and we took a look at a random sample of chest x-rays that were passed through to the radiologist for reading, including adult and pediatric exams. The data only included the preceding three months of exams. The results were typical. A majority of the repeats were due to technologist positioning errors. Very few of the results were technical factor related. When they were, it was typically due to low exposure values. We're talking less than 1% of the repeats that had quantum model or image noise. My students will also remember me calling this photon starvation. Total repeats for this sample were right around 5% of the total number of exams. And more than half of that 5% were attributed to students who were conducting their clinical rotations in the department. Certainly that's within acceptable range, but these numbers can definitely be improved upon. The repeat analysis was not the most troubling component of the data, though. What was most disturbing was the survey of chest x-rays we conducted. We found that approximately 80% of the chest x-rays on adults had been overexposed by a factor of at least 2 Additionally, the pediatric chest x-rays passed through to the radiologist consisted of more than 90% being overexposed with three to four times the exposure required to be within manufacturer-recommended dose limits. Some had been exposed much more. Knowing that technologists produce more chest x-rays on average than any other examination, and that radiologists read more chest x-rays than any other exam, I was wondering how this had gone unnoticed. Then I started thinking, how long has this been going unnoticed? I asked the supervisor to start observing the technologist's habits in one x-ray room without informing them, looking for patterns of technical factor considerations or other patterns that could be identified. He reported back that for most exams where patients were standing at the bucky for the PA view, every technologist simply used the preset function on the control panel, which is utilizing AEC with the two outer cells selected. I like to refer to this as the McDonald's menu. Just one push of the button for a Big Mac without any further thought. Nobody was reported as making changes in the density settings, which automatically came up at plus two on the preset. 
and nobody used manual technique either. I also asked him to observe some portable exams without the staff's knowledge. He reported use of a grid varied among staff, but for most exams, a mass value of 6 to 10 was typically used. KVP varied with grid use, and in some scenarios, he noticed technologists looking at the image for less than 2 to 3 seconds before sending it through to PAX. He made a point to randomly ask people once the images had been sent what the exposure indicator was. Not one person knew for certain. He did say a few people guessed and noted that their guessed value did lie within the recommended range, though the actual exposure values were well above it. All of this begs the question, why is this happening? Everyone seemed to know what the appropriate range of exposure should be. Why weren't they looking or making adjustments for overexposed images? We needed to figure out if this was a matter of lack of training, which it didn't seem to be, a matter of complacency, which is possible, or if there was some unknown reason for that entire group of well-trained technologists to be overexposing these exams. One of the main advantages to digital radiography is the wider dynamic range of the image receptor, which should allow for a wider range of exposure values to be acceptable. In film screen days, we called this exposure latitude. We know digital receptors are more sensitive to radiation, so exposure value should be less than that of film screen methods. It just wasn't adding up. So next we did some phantom testing. I asked the supervisor to take two technologists and let them know that we were running an experiment. For that x-ray room alone, we asked them to use minus one density for all PA chest exposures for a week to see what happened. For the most part, it corrected the exposure values for a majority of the patients for that week. Then we had the same technologist start using half the mass for all the adult portable chest x-rays, regardless of what KV they preferred. I'll probably discuss KVP and grid uses for portable chests in another episode. In addition, we asked them to use anywhere between one-third and one-fourth of the exposure they were used to using for pediatric and neonatal exams. Again, for the most part, the exposure indicators were within range, which was a big improvement. We did notice one difference, though. The repeat rate began to increase for the portable exam slightly after this change was made. After speaking with these two techs, they explained that one radiologist in particular would call and ask them to repeat. The reason? Slight evidence of quantum model was present. They noted other radiologists wouldn't necessarily request a repeat when in range, but this one in particular would. Upon examination of these images, the model was not within the lung field, but rather in the lateral margins of the ribs and some of the mediastinum and some of the outer shoulder regions. We spoke to this radiologist and learned that he was worried about potentially missing a diagnosis with any evidence of model. And we learned that the technologist had been increasing techniques over time to account for his preferences. The problem was that the technologists were taking the path of least resistance and avoiding repeats requested by one radiologist. When we shared the results of the overexposed chest images with this radiologist, he took an active part in correcting the issue. Overall, we added technique charts with the updated exposure values to the portable machines. We also changed the preset density value to the x-ray room to be automatically minus one density when the PHS option was selected. And the radiologist, while still cautious of model, was a little more selective about the exams he asked for a repeat for. So this department decided to take what they'd learned and apply it to other exams. I felt at that point they had a good enough understanding of the issues and how to kind of approach them to make some corrections and solve any problems. So I ended my affiliation with their project at that time. 
At the end of the day, though, we're all responsible for the outcomes of our exams and to apply the principles of Alara for our patients. We can have busy days and priorities that will always need juggling, but performing a split-second look at your exposure indicator for each image you take, along with any needed adjustment to your next image, can do a lot to prevent dose creep in your department. I'll probably be doing some more episodes here on proper image critique and why technologists are losing that skill. But I'm going to issue you a challenge. In order to pass this challenge, you first need to know what your exposure indicator range should be for chest x-rays at your place of work. Then when you have time, document the actual exposure indicators that were recorded on all of your chest x-rays during your last shift. We'll start small, just your last shift. Find out what percentage of your images lied within the optimum range, and feel free to let me know on Facebook. That's it. We'll give you some direction later, but if you guys want to do this now and you want some help towards reducing your exposures and improving patient safety, work with me here. I'm willing to do that. Remember, gathering data is step one, then we work toward improvement. I'd love to hear your results and any experiences you or your coworkers have had with dose creep. Let me know. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at 5MinRad or join the interactive Facebook group for 5-Minute Radiography. You can also subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher to automatically get new episodes added to your feed. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to hearing your results. 